0: Okay. As I struggled to remember what happened in the episode even though I just watched it yesterday, which is very sad.
1: <laughs> Uh-oh. Does that uh, does that mean you didn't like it too much?
0: I I'm going to say I fall a sh- little short of loving it,
1: but I liked it a hell of a lot. Okay. So that was the that was the last episode, uh episode 9. What do you think of that?
0: No, I want to start with you. Oh, you to start with me. Yeah, cuz you're the super fan
1: i i i thought it ended strong man uh, that was uh I, I was um i was happily surprised that uh it, it ended so strong um you know kind of going off uh, the last track record of a finale with uh, game of thrones kind of disappointing people i thought this one uh hit the landing and uh was very successful i i would totally agree so I guess there's something to having like an ending pre-written before you start a series and kind of getting it done.
0: <clears throat> Gosh, I think that's a great idea. I also feel like <laughs> movies should have a script before they start filming, but I'm wacky that way.
1: That's right. Um, so of the series as a whole, would what, you think of it as a, a, not a super fan? Well, there
0: are still parts of it that are a little confusing, Or I mean, I I couldn't really call out necessarily examples, but I'm not 100% sure that I could – if someone was just starting the show right now and had a question, I don't know if I could answer that. Okay, one example. Um, There's this episode that's mostly from Agent Blake's perspective where she's telling the jokes and she goes outside and you are under the impression that Dr. Manhattan drops the car from the moon or wherever he was. Yes, but he wasn't there. So who dropped the car? Was it? I missed something. Uh, is it? Was it um, Lady True?
1: Yeah, Lady True. I think we we find out a little bit later. She has these uh, these aircraft that she's uh, floating around, and at that point, she had made a deal with uh, Angela's grandfather, and so at that moment, Lady True picked up uh, Will Reeves, Angela's grandfather. I don't know if they explicitly answered that, you know, called that out, but that's that's the hint that uh, I got.
0: Yeah, I kind of made the leap to that, but I feel like there are probably a few other instances of, of little threads like that where I I'm maybe I think I know what happened, but I interpreted it wrong. But again, I couldn't really say for sure. I would at some point like to go back and watch all of it because I think I I think it would all make a lot more sense. Um, yeah, I'm still shaking on a couple of things, but overall, I really did like it. Uh, I think Dave, Damon Lindelof and his team, they're experts at taking a, a story from start to finish, but then breaking all the pieces out and rearranging them in, in a puzzle, and then a lot expecting the audience to have the patience to watch them fall into place. Because when you do exercise that patience, you are rewarded with a kind of aha moment of that's what that was. The leftovers did the same thing, and I like that. I like that version of storytelling. But I can understand in less capable hands, it would be really bad, and you don't want to do it too often. Otherwise, it's it's really taxing. It can be.
1: Well, I'm really surprised that the um, Ozymandias, the um, Adrian Veidt storyline, um, came together in the very last episode. You know, he he returns to Earth um, from his exile, but up until that point, I was like, How are they going to tie this in at all? I mean, it's been eight episodes now of you know this side story. And I, you know, it was I, I like Jeremy Irons. I think he did a fantastic job. I I he he cap he was captivating in that side story, but ultimately I think you could have done without that side story entirely. Just, you know, detaw him from uh, you know, his statue, his Uh, you know his carbonite statue in episode nine and just have him show up out of the blue and he would have the same effect
0: jeremy's iron (laughs) 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 um i think we could have had one fewer or two fewer scenes of him being a goof with his his play his dinner like there were a lot of that were very familiar that they sort of kept hitting that um you know he was play acting he was putting things he was just trying to keep himself from becoming so bored that yeah. he was he was setting up scenarios he was larping on uh, on Jupiter on the moon which, of Jupiter that's um, exactly
1: what it was which is yeah.
0: but we didn't I don't think we needed quite as much of that I would have been fine having but they i they clearly tried to get him in every episode I think they yeah. did all, all but well, maybe one so
1: so I liked his play acting because that was um, that was the story of Doctor Manhattan. So he was he was retelling that story for the audience's sake, at least. Um, the trial of Ozymandias, that you know, where they're uh, like splashing tomatoes on his face, I could have done without. I, yeah. I don't I don't know what the point of that one was.
0: He he seemed to set him. He wanted to be abused in a certain way. Of I think. Because they saw him as a a god, and he sort of fancied himself as just a man. And and often, even though he's a very arrogant person, he also makes a case in this finale that arrogance and narcissism um, do not mix with superpowers. Otherwise, you will have a a terrible outcome. So maybe he was trying to humble himself a little bit by having them do that to him.
1: Oh, that'd be good. Maybe. Maybe. I I, I could see that.
0: I... I I think my favorite my favorite part of the of the finale and possibly the whole series is when the warden is dying and he's holding him in his arms and he, why, what was the point of my existence, master? Because I wanted a worthy adversary, and was I a worthy adversary? No.
1: <laughs> 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 that was great. Oh, I loved it so much. <laughs> yeah, that that was so the the exact phrasing was. Um, Oh, uh, why'd you have me wear the mask, Master? Mm-hmm. And he was, he was saying that the mask makes people cruel, or yeah. makes men cruel. And so, if you take extrapolate that to all these masked vigilantes, why they wear the mask? And that was one of the questions that Angela had in the very first episode: Why, why wear the mask? Or you know, who, who, who am I? Um, so I, you know, these themes kind of spread throughout, and you know, maybe that was a, a little bit of humbling for. Um, you know the smartest man on in the world
0: we uh, uh we know that anonymity makes people cruel because hello youtube comments
1: <laughs> well i thought uh my favorite episode was uh episode three that's uh she was killed by space junk that's the Lori blake centric uh, that was her introduction the fbi a- agent um and the, the episode long joke that she she kind of went with uh I liked episode 5 which was uh Little Fear of Lightning. That was the Looking Glass centric episode. Mm. Um that that's that's the closest thing you get to this generation's version of Rorschach and Rorschach was my favorite character from the the comic book. Uh,
0: it, but isn't he the one that's the the racist or? <laughs> <laughs> well
1: <laughs> So that's the Seventh caliber, he took on his his mask, right? But But, Rorschach wasn't a racist. In the book? In the book? Yeah, I I never got that impression.
0: He's a totally chill guy?
1: Yeah, he... um, Oh, okay. uh, And then um, episode eight, so the previous one, the penultimate episode uh, to the season finale, uh, God Walks Into A-Bar, and that's that's the Dr. Manhattan, where he's... uh, Kind of telling Angela what will happen twenty minutes from now, what will happen, you know, twelve years from now. Yeah. And how it all ends in tragedy. And, you know, Angela's like, Whatever, man, get Boy, out of here.
0: Exposition dump the episode. <laughs> but I mean it it's necessary to unpack most of the setup. Like this is this is the episode that sort of explains everything before the finale.
1: So I'm
0: I'm cool with it. I noticed you said episode six is not one of your favorites.
1: Episode six, you'll have to tell me episode six,
0: episode six, this extraordinary being, this is the one where you learn uh, the origin of hooded justice and Angela is in the past and it's very yeah. uh, past driven. So, you learn the backstory of her grandfather, Will Reeves.
1: Yeah. The hooded justice. I, I did. Um, so I, I like, I like parts of that. Um, so I mentioned episode three, five, and eight. They're all Laurie Blake centric, Looking Glass centric, and Doctor Manhattan centric. You know, so none of those really focused on Angela Abar, who's the you know main protagonist of the series. Um, I kind of felt that her character was the weakest written character. Like all these other supporting characters were, were much more interesting. Even um, Adrian Veidt up on Mar, you know, in Europa. Um, was was interesting um i just felt like her character not the actress the actress is awesome but the the character is constantly reacting to things and so in that episode where she's taking the nostalgia pills um the the brief moments you do see her she's reacting to these memories and it's all about you know just it felt like she didn't have her, her own character in a way, all these other uh, characters were uh, influencing her direction and she's kind of directionless. So that, that episode specifically um, calls out her being um, directionless um, influenced by other people's, you know, experiences. And um, so, yeah, for that reason, um, that, that was not one of my favorites. Mm. Yeah. So for that one, her grandfather Um, and I think he left those pills for her purposely for her to take. I mean, so that was, he, he, he had planned this. So a lot of this, the whole series is about people planning things, you know, far, far reaching plans that to come to fruition. So the grandfather was planning that and she was made, he was making plans with, uh, Lady True and making plans with Dr. Manhattan I mean all these all these characters were like pulling the strings, and Angela was just along for the ride.
0: well, she was in that episode, but I do think she had her own agency in be toward the beginning of the season and kind of at the end
1: I would say at the beginning of the season when she was um uh trying to uncover the the murder mystery you know the one the- the one police activity that they they end up doing um but even in episode 9, the the finale, she's asking, like, what's happening? I think that's a direct quote. What's happening when, you know, Dr. Manhattan's in the cage? Like, she has no idea what's going on. For, for the final episode of the season, to have the main character just kind of clueless is, is a little frustrating.
0: Yeah, I can see that. Um, she's also um, in shock still that her husband is in a cage a blue man in a cage she's and about and and was seemingly killed in front of her and now is reconstituted in this cage and about to be killed again she's perhaps not the most um, proactive in in this sense because she's undergoing trauma at that very second
1: oh yeah yeah um um I will say, I called it. I, I thought that Cal Abar character was just too good for his own good. Like, there's something uh, up with that guy. And uh...
0: <laughs> oh, you called it. <laughs> I oh. called it. Oh, sure, you did.
1: I, I I will also point out that I thought that Topher the kid uh, would amount to something, and no, he didn't amount to anything. <laughs> An <No. addiction. laughs> so okay. I didn't call that one at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I
0: my favorite Topher moment was when Cal was walking on the top of the pool and Angela runs upstairs and he goes, "Mommy, what's happening?" or something like that. And I was like, "Oh my god, he called her mommy!" I actually I rewound it because I wanted to make sure that I heard that. But in that in that just that brief moment, you know, he called her mommy, which is so such a sweet thing for a a kid in that in his position to do for her. I don't even know if she heard that or absorbed that. I did, and I appreciated that. That was nice. Uh, her her grandfather in the past is played by the actor who played her son on The Leftovers.
1: Ooh. So her son
0: <laughs> played her grandfather in this show.
1: That's a nice bit of meta there. I like it when
0: showrunners reuse actors that they worked with before it's a fun little exercise and my favorite thing about episode six is the complexity of the relationship between will reeves and the guy who was captain uh metropolis i he fetishizes sleeping with this black man but then when it comes down to it has no interest in this as will as an actual person and his struggles his racial struggles or that of his you know other black men he's just a user i just thought it was very subtle the way that yeah and definitely and complex so and watching the finale I, as I it's so difficult to imagine what a second season could be because i feel like they've hit so many relevant points regarding both race and to destiny and community and the police and and, and just all these real sensitive topics they've They've treated each one with, with such uh, care and respect that at this point, like what else is left to explore in a second season? I, it could only be a disappointment, right?
1: Uh, you're probably right about that. So you would not want to see a second season of this. You just leave it at nine episodes and you're happy. I think if I'm
0: going to see another season, I want Damon Lindelof to really take some time off. And if he comes back, I, he needs to have a good story. And He's said as much.
1: I think there almost needs to be, um, uh, like another generation. So Topher, Topher comes back. He's, he, he becomes, um, like, a, a sidekick to sister Manhattan. Mm, has right? he
0: gotten a haircut at this point?
1: <laughs> yes, definitely ha- needs a haircut.
0: Is he still carrying the rabbit with him?
1: <laughs> that rabbit, that, that's a, that's a blue, uh, pink cat. Is it? It's a cat, right?
0: A pink cat. Okay. Is, is, uh, is, is he the pink panther? Is that his it, it, superhero name?
1: So Ozymandias, when he was uh, in his secret lair in Antarctica, had a uh, genetically modified cat. It was like this pink-purple cat. And so this plush toy is uh, representing of, of that animal, that mythical animal that never, you never see on the show. It's a little wink and nod. Mm.
0: Um, My favorite character was Lady True. I thought she was a riot. I loved her.
1: <laughs> she had some quippy one-liners. So I, I I did appreciate that.
0: Oh, she's so quippy! I full of confidence. Hutzpah. Loved it.
1: Did you think she was the smartest woman on earth?
0: Yeah, I'd have no reason to to doubt that. I I she cloned her own mother. I think that's pretty damn smart. Do Reck- you think she would have? But... Be...
1: <laughs> Do you think she would have uh, saved the world by destroying all the nukes and ending world hunger, or do you think she would have uh, taken that power, Dr. Manhattan power, for, for evil use and oh, become I, a supervillain?
0: Tough to say, tough to say. I think she would have started out doing the things that she said she would do, but then she would find that uh, omnipotence and godlike power leads one to uh, sort of question, what next? What do I do next now that I've gotten rid of all the nukes and wh- what is there to do now?
1: I think for a brief moment, um, uh, Adrian Veidt, when he was talking to her, was, was interested in having her be the, the smartest woman on Earth. But as soon as he learned that uh, her mother had stolen his uh, secret cash of uh, Spank Bank... And why why does anyone have a a secret cache of spank bank? Uh, That's another
0: thing I wanted to (laughs) to know. What's with the jizz vault? What's that about?
1: (laughs) I don't know about that. But uh, as soon as he learned that it was stolen by by her mother, that that kind of deflated him. And it was you know she was no longer pure and innocent. Just this smartest woman in the world. She was um, she was kind of. um, Already tainted, even before she was even born, and I I thought that was that drove his character why he would um, go against her so so uh, eminently. He called her you know the uh, the worthy adversary. He was looking for the worthy adversary, and that's what he ended up calling her. Of course, happens to be his own daughter that he ends up killing. Kind of kind of incestuous. T- um
0: twisted so will her mother bring back her daughter
1: <laughs> no idea in the, in our supposed sequel yeah uh red scare is still around pirate jenny uh looking glass is still around so yeah you i'm, glad about, could I'm
0: glad about him i don't care about those other two
1: <laughs> pirate jenny
0: is that her name pirate jenny pirate jenny yeah all right
1: <laughs> she could have died in the uh, squid apocalypse That that would have been okay
0: I think that would have been fine <laughs> i i was i mean i was a little concerned with for all of her friends in blue and in their stupid little masks i was that's, that's unfair that a yeah. bunch of crap is going to be dropped on them
1: taking them all out now i had mentioned that i i kind of hope that they never explained the squid showers i i wanted that to be left like an unexplained, unnatural phenomenon just left over from from in the old days, but not only was it explained, but it was explained multiple times and ended up being the um both the Chekhov's Gatling gun that they introduced at the beginning of the series and then comes in as the literal Deus ex machina that saves the day at the end, so I, I kind of rolled my eyes at that one.
0: Uh, it's- By the way, listener, if you want to hear the song Pirate Jenny, it's the uh, end song that I used in um, the HBO, which I know we covered Hotel Room. Oh, it was Hotel Room and Perversions of Science. So go back and listen to that podcast. At the end, you'll hear the song for Pirate Jenny, which is a great song. Uh, I just didn't care about the character in the show.
1: I did want to see more of the American hero story. And other than Hooded Justice, we we kind of forgot about that series as soon as uh, it, and it was it was used for misdirection because it introduced Hooded Justice as a white man, and then in our extraordinary beating episode, we we learned that Hooded Justice is uh, Angela's grandfather, right? A black man. So it, it was used for what it was it was meant to be used for kind of a yeah. l- little bit of misdirection but well
0: that and more. also to show how history is whitewashed
1: uh-huh. very good
0: and the achievements of black americans are ignored and perhaps attributed to undeserving white people so
1: there you go um we didn't see any more nixon right after nixonville oh, too no bad
0: nixon. uh, <laughs> what a lot what a shame
1: we did hear a lot of robert redford but no no surprise cameo by the man.
0: Who would have played him?
1: <laughs> well, he, he was in this year's Avengers Endgame. So he was in a comic book movie this year. So it would oh. not have been too much of a leap
0: I didn't for him to, he was still to show up. I, yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize he was still alive. <laughs> um, um, I think we could have cast Brad Pitt.
1: <laughs> uh, no more Jim Beaver after his brief appearance in Episode 2. Yeah, it's too I'll bad yeah and no more paula malcolmson what what happened to her did she her character didn't die did she
0: no no, that was kind of a waste too
1: yeah there was i mean lo-
0: I love seeing her, but I think they could have done a
1: little bit with her <laughs> um I was surprised by the lack of sex and or nudity and um so the the sex that we did get are you uh, kidding me the the yes. guy walked around naked for like
0: half an episode.
1: <laughs> well that was expected. You kinda have to uh, yeah, that's expected for Watchmen. But um <laughs> Okay. The 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 sex we saw, we saw Angela and Cal at the beginning of the series, no nudity there. Right? We saw Lori Blake and Agent Petey post coital, uh no nudity there. Uh we saw the original Mr. Phillips and Miss Crookshink uh get in and on while uh, a young John Osterman was in the uh, the coat closet. Uh, but no nudity there. So like the three times we actually saw sex, no nudity, oh, well, which is you're, odd.
0: You're going to have to get your fix watching Spartacus.
1: <laughs> and even the, uh, the 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 one insemination was artificially inseminated in episode nine. So we, we didn't – it was so sterile.
0: You know, like, she should have taken her clothes off before she <laughs> shot uh, Adrian's cum up her badge is what you're saying.
1: <laughs> we did get a lot of butts, right? So in episode 8, the the episode I like, that's uh, where they purposely didn't show Dr. Manhattan's face. Mm -hmm. So for every scene, it was from behind. You you saw the back of his bald head, and when he's walking around, you see his butt. A lot of butts, but no frontal for for episode 8 anyway. You get some in episode 9.
0: Huh. The actor who played the bartender in episode 8, I know you care, his last name is True. Spelled the same (laughs) way.
1: Wow um uh episode nine i, I had a note I, um there was a running gag of every time uh looking glass gets uh teleported he ends up vomiting and uh so he vomited twice in episode nine i just that was a nice little <laughs> nice little continuity yeah every time he gets teleported away and it, it actually um the first time he gets teleported was uh very low key that's um so they're in the abandoned mall uh, with Doctor Manhattan in the cage, right? And they have an audience of the the Seventh Calvary guys. Uh, and Lady True teleports them to the middle of middle of town, you know, town square. Yeah, that's with the telephone booth in one corner and the uh, the movie theater. Uh, I guess not a movie theater, stage theater that's playing Oklahoma. Um, so they're teleported. The, like, the whole audience and the whole cage, is, everyone's teleported at that moment. And I didn't catch that the first time. I'm like, how'd they end up in the middle of Times Square? But Looking Glass threw up. So I knew they got teleported <laughs> at that <Yeah>. point. <laughs> just because Looking Glass threw up. <laughs> it's just a,
0: a good little sh- shorthand. Now you yes. know what happened. He threw up. So now you know. Connect the dots.
1: What'd you think of Karnak? That's the... Um, ozymandias's lair in antarctica
0: why is it called karnak
1: that's uh, just is a it, name is he, it he named it. F-
0: name for the johnny carson character
1: <laughs> um but that that features heavily in the comic book uh that secret lair i was surprised to learn that that's where he's been hanging out for the last 20 years watching his tv screens just like cursing the world I thought the smartest man in the world would have done a little bit more with his life beyond that.
0: Yeah. Who said that about Dr. Manhattan? He could have done more. Yep. Did he say that? Adrian say that or someone else? Um,
1: lady true said that. Oh, lady true. Cause she, she wanted his power. And, um, I, I guess she was upset that he wasn't doing more. He was, and why he was having, he? Fa- he was having family life with, um, with Angela. That's where he was. He's He's also
0: he's also like the uh the wormhole aliens of deep space nine. He doesn't live in linear time. So who's to say he hasn't already done that stuff? You just in the future, he's already done it. Or you don't know. You don't he's gonna he's uh we don't know his life expectancy. So he could have plenty of time to do the things you you think he ought to be doing. Judgy. Judgy McJudgerson.
1: I think he he did make it clear that he kind of knew where his life was leading, and he was accepting of that. Um, like the everything was in place, he he couldn't change it even if he wanted to. Um, in that eighth episode, uh, where he's he's doing the whole time manipulating thing, and that's um that's a, a has a mirror version in the comic book. Um, Doctor Manhattan has a whole chapter. Uh, to the for the the comic book where he's talking about um, exactly that like he he's in every place all at once and he can kind of see what's happened in the past and what's going to happen in the future and he's he's explaining that to a another woman um it's actually uh lori that he's explaining it to um but yeah, according
0: uh, to Wikipedia there were only 12 issues of Watchmen. Yep. But the way you talk about it, it seems like it ought to have had 100 issues cuz you're like that was in the comic book. That was in the comic book. Were was, was each issue like 50 pages? How is so much stuff happening in this comic book?
1: They they do cram in a lot. Um there's so it's uh, it's nine panel grids. I don't know if non-comic book people can just ignore me saying this nine panel grids um which is a lot of a lot of um a lot of space taken up i mean you got to have to really cram in your story when when you do nine panels uh nowadays comic books they do like three panels maybe four i mean they they kind of spread it out a little bit more it's a little more cinematic when they do it that way but yeah they they cram in a lot of story into these nine panel grids um so the the chapter 4 so the fourth issue of the twelve um, chapter series is the one where um, Dr. Manhattan is is doing, and that's probably the best single issue of of the series. Um, that's a real good one. So I'm I'm glad that they did did a similar thing with an episode of this of this series of this nine nine episode series.
0: Mm. I'm reading about the critical response to Watchmen, the TV show. While many have agreed with the television series' use of Rorschach as an element in right-wing politics and white supremacy groups, some fans have spoken out that the show does not respect Rorschach as a hero and have called the series a near-utopia of today's woke left, among other comments. Okay, well, who said that? A, a 13-year-old <laughs> on uh, 4chan?
1: It was a millennial, for sure. I So I do... I wish there was more episodes. So nine episodes, it, it, the ending felt rushed. The, so the last episode, as good as it was, um, it, some of the dialogue got rushed, some of the scenes got rushed. Um, so for like dialogue, there was um, there was a there was a point where Lady True was addressing the Seventh Calvary and she starts reading off a prepared speech that uh, Will Reeves um, prepared and um it, it talked about the racial injustices suffered from the Tulsa 1921 massacre kind of like bringing it back to the the beginning of the series the very first thing that you see at the gate but then um her her message gets cut off one of the 7th cavalry members uh, speaks out and kind of interrupts her and that's it so i, I feel like there should have been a little bit more to bring back kind of full circle closure on that storyline um, but it, it just, there wasn't time for a, a full, full monologue. Well,
0: I uh, would have liked 10 episodes only because I don't like seasons of episodes that are only nine because that's an odd number and that bothers me.
1: <laughs> uh.
0: <laughs> so I feel like they could have done a 10th one and done something. <laughs>
1: there was, there was another part where Manius was starting to monologue and uh, Looking Glass knocks him out and says, he talks too much. So it's like they purposely like oh, we get episodes ending in 10 minutes. We got to wrap this up. You know, no monologuing is allowed. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Spank bank. <laughs> <laughs> <And> Jeremy's iron. <laughs> um, some of the uh, recurring motifs. So I, in the comic book, uh, Clock Faces was a reoccurring motif. Um, in this series, it seemed that uh, eggs was a reoccurring motif. I didn't realize until later in the the series that eggs. Um, and I think, was it, is one of the first times you see Angela, she's doing show and tell at a school, like professionals day, and she's whipping up some eggs, right? Mm-hmm. So right off the bat, there's eggs there. Um, when... Uh, Will Reeves is in Angela's storefront slash secret lair, right? The the baking store. Um, he he whip, whips up some eggs. Um, Dr. Manhattan, of course, presents an egg to Angela in, in episode eight. And then um, I guess a little bit more with Dr. Manhattan, like creating life, just, you know, and the whole motif of uh, what comes first, the chicken or the egg, that kind of thing. So eggs. Any thoughts on eggs?
0: Mm. Was this show brought to us by Big Egg? <laughs> eggs are kind of uh, well, they're yellow, and I know that in the comics or maybe just in the my mind of what this may not be true that the yellow button thing smiley yes. face was kind of a yes. a recurring motif. So eggs are yellow. That's right. yellow. Right. See, it's all connected. Okay, (laughs) Linda Loft said the original plan was to do ten, and then I think around that time we had written the scripts for four and five and understanding what episode six was going to be, and six needed to happen exactly when it happened – in the season, in our opinion, that we felt like when six ended, that we were closer to the ending than we were at the beginning. Six didn't feel like a midpoint. It felt like, well, now we know everything and we need to move into the end game. And every way that we looked at it, it felt like we were going to do seven, eight, nine, and ten. One of those episodes was going to be filler. And I was like, we're not going to just do a filler episode. We know exactly what we need to do in our end game. It's time to start doing it. I don't want to stall. There you go. If there's any regrets, is that we didn't get to dimensionalize Lady True as much as we did in the writer's room on the screen, and especially given, in my opinion, the magnitude of Hong's performance. I just thought she was fantastic. It was one of those things where we got into the endgame of the season, and we felt like we were moving back too much between episode 7 and 8. We talked about Lady True's childhood, how she became who she was, but a lot of her backstory got shorthanded between what Beyond is saying to Angela and Lady True is saying to Angela in episode 7. Well, there's your filler episode right there.
1: i would have liked to have seen her turn a little more evil there it 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 was left um ambiguous in my mind of whether she was and if anyone ozymandias you know just automatically is like oh we have to kill her we have to stop her she's a worthy adversary and it, it makes him sound a little crazy i mean he he was you know going up you know going insane on that uh exiled planet uh, maybe you know, kind of jump to that conclusion. It's like, oh, we we need to stop her now, uh, and so maybe in that filler episode, if you're going to do a filler episode, kind of show that there is something to that. Maybe I don't know. I, I kind of now that I say that, I kind of like the ambiguity and makes Ozamanus a um, questionable character, and he's always been a questionable character, so that that fits. Hmm. Um. How about a little bit more of Doctor Manhattan? I know he had a whole episode, but um, from the moment we actually see him on screen, he's like he's in it less than a, an episode before he's killed off. I mean, he, his, his character time is very short, and unless you really care about Doctor Manhattan for from like the, the comic books or you know just the way people talk to him throughout the series, uh, you know, talk him up. I mean, did did you care all that much about this blue guy that's no, uh, walking no. around naked?
0: No, I cared about Angela and her feelings. There you go. So and I
1: that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I didn't care about Doctor Manhattan. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> you mean the uh, the the play that um, uh, Vite created didn't didn't make you care for him nope. a
0: little bit? No, nope. I think. <laughs> I guess I understood what was happening from a um, script writing perspective. Like, oh, they're tra- they're telling me backstory here about, because I didn't read the, but, but it was so not engaging that scene right. that I, right. and I was so sort of distracted by the kind of the mystery of, of who the, all the characters were. Cause I think at that point you didn't quite know that they were clones. Yep. So I was like waiting for the reveal. I just, it didn't. That did not engage with me, so I didn't really pay attention to the backstory, even though I know the show wanted me to. I fought it. I resisted it.
1: Does it make you want to go read the comic book? No. Ooh.
0: No. No.
1: Because no. that's where you would get that backstory that you're missing. Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure this series was supposed to do that for all those you know new people. But no, didn't do it. No,
0: no, I'm, I'm totally cool with not reading the, the comic book. I, I liked this enough on its own that I don't need more of it, really. All right. I'm more likely to either rewatch the show at some point or just watch a lot of YouTube reactors watching the show. And they'll be like, okay, now I've seen some more, more of it. And that's good. <laughs> I liked the, the world building. I, it's so well thought out. So I have a lot of respect for the, its construction.
1: I did like the multiple storylines all converging in the very last episode. Um, it was nice how it all came. Like the 7th Calvary had their own agenda. Lady True had her own agenda. Um, you know, you got Adrian Veidt that came in at the last moment. Um, all these kind of converging lines. Um, and I, th- I thought it, it did a good job of um, connecting those lines at the very last minute.
0: Yeah, it absolutely did.
1: And it made some of those some of those storylines inconsequential. Like all of the Seventh cavalry's plan, um, Lady True had already thought of that. Like she was going to counter everything that they were doing and just kind of blow them away. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> for, she did. For Seventh Calorie being like the the ultimate villain in like the the first episode. To being inconsequential by the the end of the season, <laughs> just it's like whoa, that took a a quick left turn. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So yeah. All right. So you're not going back to read the comic book. You're not going. You don't want a second season unless right. David Lindelof really thinks about it. Mm-hmm. You could. You could do, like I said, Sister Manhattan walking on water. <laughs> could be. Or
0: yeah, it could be something totally different. I don't. I don't know. I'm, someone who's more familiar with the comic book would probably find an angle with a different set of characters, maybe that have not been.
1: We never saw uh, Night Owl. Night Owl was one of the um, uh, Watchmen. Never saw his character show up. Um, but you know, Adrian Veidt still hanging around. Uh, Laurie Blake still hanging around. Those were original Watchmen characters so yeah you definitely could still continue on yeah so i'm i'm pleasantly surprised by the series i I was not expecting it to be any good um just because i'm i'm such a fan of the comic book i didn't think it was possible to continue the story in any direction that would be satisfying yep um so i am happy with what i got and actually this is the best um show of the fall um, it's the only you know my favorite show that was currently running.
0: Uh huh. What's um, number two? Because I can't think of anything else that's on <laughs> TV right now.
1: Well, uh, over the summertime, there was um The Boys on Amazon Prime, which is another um deconstruction of the superhero. So it's interesting that these two properties came out. Um, they're both based on comic books. Right. Uh, they both kind of look at the deconstruction of superheroes. Uh, not all superheroes are heroes at all. Um, so the that that was that was one that uh, held my interest over over the summertime. Um, but I don't know. It, it was a big year for HBO. There's a lot that happened this year. There was the Deadwood movie, uh, Chernobyl miniseries. Uh, game of thrones ended uh, true detective season three came out this year i had to look that one up because i yeah, can't remember when that came out
0: you're right it did happen did anyone yeah. watch it who knows <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then Watchmen. so yeah big year for hbo and i was i was happy with all those i was even happy with game of thrones ending so yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. But this this was definitely a better better ending to a series than Game of Thrones. So, oh,
0: well, for if, su- for sure. If
1: if you're looking for that from an HBO series, this this is the one to watch.
0: Oh, it's it is so rare when you think about how like Deadwood ended so abruptly and yes, the movie does does provide some some closure, but uh Deadwood did not have a good ending. Uh Carnival did not have a good ending. Good good last episode, but not an ending to the overall story. Um I was never happy with how Big Love ended. Six Feet Under had a good ending. Well, we could go through the whole list, so let's not do that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's what the Facebook page is for. That's
0: what the Facebook group – and where can people find the Facebook group, Steve?
1: <laughs> so that's uh, Hooplecast on Facebook, and um, I, I post regularly uh, at that location. So yeah, definitely, definitely look for my posts there. I'll be talking smack. To anyone who doesn't like episode three, five, or eight. <laughs>
0: <Ooh>. <laughs> and um, I will be eventually editing the most recent episode of uh, Hoopalcast, HBO's project, where we talked about Parade's End and True Detective. And then coming up, it's The Leftovers and Show Me a Hero. That's what, it's a miniseries. You've never heard of it. That's okay. <laughs>
1: never heard of it. Never heard of it. <laughs> Oscar
0: Isaac is in it. That's all I really know about it.
1: I think I it's about say, public housing. This HBO project that you're doing is opening my eyes up to a lot of like things I missed on the first first viewing. Like I never heard of half of the shows. Every every other pairing that you do, it's like I've never heard of it. That's so, that's great. <laughs> so I, I at least watched the the first episode to each of those and gauge like, oh, well, that's why I never heard of it. <laughs> it's not very good.
0: Oh <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. In the most uh, recent recording of Spartacast that I did with Will, he mentioned, tell me you love me. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You like that show? No one liked that show. <laughs> anyway.
1: Now, what are you going to do when uh, Hooplecast reviews Watchmen? Because you've already reviewed episode one of Watchmen.
0: Well, not with the, f- the the group, the Hooples. Not with the
1: rest of the group. I wonder if your opinion will change. Any. You'll be the expert uh, for that show. You've actually watched it before.
0: I feel like the others could watch all nine episodes. It seems landmark enough that they should probably watch all of them.
1: I would tell them that there are good nuggets of episodes in in those nine. So, you know, you got to keep watching. If you don't like one of them, keep watching until the next one. Next one, you know, Mm -hmm. may focus on a different character that you really enjoy. I
0: don't think there's a bad episode in the bunch, except for episode three. I'm just, oh! I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for uh, joining me for this bonus app. And uh, you, we'll talk to you again soon. We'll do. Bye.